progress. Are you a psychic, sensitive, or seeker who wants to learn more? Welcome to the Mystic School with Sarah Wiseman, where we dive deep into all things mystic and metaphysical. Here's Sarah. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mystic School. I'm Sarah Wiseman and today, during this beautiful summer of 2022, we are talking about the mystic journeys. Um, The mystic uses soul travel as a way to visit other dimensions and times that expand understanding and consciousness. Now, this is a vast, vast subject, and it's really uh, the scope of the work that I do is mystic journeying, psychic journeying, um, journeying in the other realms, and going in there and seeing what's going on and how we can take this information, this intuitive gathering, um, how we can take this intuitive gathering and help it to make make sense of our own lives, like what's what's going on. And some of the ways, if you guys aren't familiar with this language or this, this way of thinking about things, like um, some of the work that maybe uh, Carl Jung did with archetypes, might be similar or for those of you who were English majors or art history majors uh, in this work there's a lot of symbol metaphor sort of uh, things that mean other things Um, and so it's just tremendously fascinating we're really hooking into collective consciousness and discovering not only answers um, in the collective consciousness of our own culture but in this bigger soul consciousness that all humans or potentially all beings share this kind of soul language that we're working on so it's just really um, tremendously fascinating and sometimes people say well you know it's so it's so woo woo i don't even know if that's really woo-woo is is something that's used a whole lot anymore but this idea that's so far out there uh what's the purpose of that or won't you get ungrounded in your own life or doesn't that make you just too weird if you're doing all this journeying all the time and i just like to say no um this is just a practice very similar to those of you who have deep traditional meditation practices where you're sitting on the cushion um, for, you know, 20 minutes, an hour, a couple hours, even uh, at a time in a sitting meditation. Um, It's very similar to a prayer practice for those of you who have that. It's very similar to a yoga practice or for some people, even a music or dance practice or an art practice. It's just another way of going in and looking for the information that the universe is trying to give you and it's just a slightly different languaging again we're often using visual metaphor visual archetype um, some there's some other ways too but this idea is just a way or it's a language a soul language that we're going in and using to connect to our true selves to connect to our infinite selves and to get the information that the universe is desperately trying to get us to see and understand 
um, where things are happening all the time. And this sort of sense of the world being enchanted or magical or spiritual as opposed to the world as it is presented in linear thought or rational thought or from all the news that we've got streaming in through our phones. You know, there's multiple ways of looking at things and looking at things from mystic perspective is a valid way of navigating the world. And again, it doesn't mean you're not going to pay your taxes or you're not going to keep a job or (laughs) it's like all that stuff, all that grounded stuff remains there. You're just hooking into another dimensionality and checking it out. And this is a valid way, you know, linear thought, rational thought, that's one way. And this more intuitive way is another way of gathering information that putting both together and you've got the whole package. It's like left brain, right brain. You don't want to just use one part. You want to use both the parts. So in this, in this way, we're focusing on sort of creative, intuitive, spiritual, right brain stuff. And then we're adding that into what the world's view is, which is more linear or logical. I do want to invite you guys to call in. We've um, got readings on this show and you can call in to 888-298-5569, and I'd love to just, uh, anybody has any questions about mystic experiences, mystic practices, by mystic I mean spiritual and intuitive Uh, Anybody wants to check in on anything that's going on in their own lives, I'd just love to chat with you. And then in terms of upcoming events, this is a little bit early, but I'm so pleased to announce that I'm going to be on um, Cryon's show in August. So a lot of you guys know Cryon. He's a tremendous, uh, Lee Carroll, he's been around for a really long time, really well-respected channel. And so um, I've been invited to be a part of their program in August, so I'll be letting you know more about that. So let's talk about this idea of mystic journeying. And again, feel free to call in live to 888-298-5569 for a free reading or any kind of comments or sharing that you want to give about how being psychic or intuitive uh, works in your life. But let's just talk a little bit about What are some of the ways that we're journeying, this subject of our day, um, as we work through our lives? And I'm referring to, I have this probably going to show backwards, but I've got a book, The Mystic Way, The Seeker's Guide to Spiritual Journeying. Some of you know about it. It's been around for a while, but uh, not everybody seems to know it's there. But this idea that when we are working in mystic journeying, what we do is we start from a gentle trance state. We don't go in too deep. We don't go in too light. We just start from this place of the breath. We close our eyes, place of the breath. And then instead of going into a relaxed state as we might with, say, a more formal, um, you know, like a Buddhist meditation technique, for example, uh, we're not going into that level of 
trance relaxation. We're going into, and we're not really doing any deep breath work as we might with, say, Kundalini or Kriya. We're just going lightly in. We're just kind of closing our eyes and relaxing. And maybe one term might be we're sort of disassociating a tiny little bit. We're just going elsewhere. We're going to this place where we journey. And as we start to work on this process, we discover it's very easy to jump from what I would call divine portal to divine portal to divine portal. So we find the exact dimensionality an exact experience that we're searching for in order to gather information. So let's just see for those of you guys who are out there, um, if you're at a place you can close your eyes, you can just close your eyes and think of a red house. And then you can just think of a blue house. And then you can think of a greenhouse. It's so easy, right? You, you maybe can't see it, but you can just imagine it. It's just as easy to go into these divine portals where, say, the red house was the place where your guides and angels live. The blue house is, say, the place where your beloved departed live, your beloved ones who've passed on. And maybe the, the greenhouse is where you um, go and see past lives. And, you know, I'm just making this up. There is no blue house or red house, red house, blue house, or green house. This is just this idea that once we get going, once we've done enough journeying, it's very simple to just retrace our steps. Once you know the way, you can go back there as many times as you want to this specific dimensional portal that's going to have the information you're looking for. So it's fascinating, and, and a lot of uh, a lot of journeying is as simple as learning how to get there once, and then going back and practicing and seeing what's there. Um, very similar to if you were driving to a friend's house, you'd figure out the way, and then you'd go to a different friend's house, figure out that way, memorize it, and then another house. It's just very simple. Once you know the way, it's so easy to get back. So some of the places we might journey to are liminal states, which is just where we're kind of in this trancey state, sleeping, deja vu, that sense of, oh, I've done this before, dreaming. Most of us are journeying every night, whether we are aware that we're journeying or whether we remember what we dreamt. Astral projection, disassociating, and this is where we often uh, journey when we're in sort of uh, hyper-aware or trauma-triggered trauma states, very common. One of the reasons that so many people who have had trauma find intuitive work so easy is because, heck, for, for, for terrible reasons, they already know how to disassociate. But if you turn that around and start using it as a spiritual practice, you're already 
there, you're already in the realm, you're already nearing the portals. And so it's super easy to just go and connect to really positive influences in the divine realms. Underrated but very important beingness, right? This idea of just being in your experience exactly as it is right this second without trying to change it, without thinking ahead, without thinking of the past, just resting in the magnificence of what is, even if the what is might not be that great, or the what is isn't what you wanted, and just resting in the beingness anyway. And it, and this portal of just simply beingness allows this peacefulness and this love feeling to come uh, that really makes all problems disappear. Trance, so lots of ways to reach trance. Um, you know, you can, you can do trance by using shamanic style uh, drums and rattles and music and you can do trance in movement. You can do trance by through breath, specific breath techniques. But this idea of being in the gentle trance state as being enough, again, it's as simple as closing your eyes and breathing. Or perhaps you don't even need to close your eyes after you've been there a few times. Perhaps you don't even need to take deep breaths. It's just uh, you just know how to go there. You just know how to get there. Um, peak experiences, lots of people have had these. They're so magnificent when they happen. Uh, the other night, sitting out in the garden where I live in Oregon, uh, lots of flowers, lots of hummingbirds, lots of bees, and then um, a gigantic dragonfly, maybe four inches body, and probably, I don't know, I don't know, but maybe body not that big, maybe uh, four inches wingspan, this black, silvery, pale dragonfly just landed on my husband's hand and stayed there for 15 minutes. So this captivation of interest to the unusual nature of a dragonfly, which some people might see as a totem animal or a spiritual messenger landing on a human's hand and not being in a hurry to sting or um or or to um or to get away really quickly but just resting there and then the consciousness of two humans watching this dragonfly and being in this moment with all the flowers and the bees and the hummingbirds and all the things that were going on at that moment and this idea of it being a peak experience. Now, maybe it's not the same as a peak experience if you climbed Mount Everest and stood on the top and were like, oh, I did it. Yet, if we look at the everyday miracle as peak experience, it's right up there, how you feel this sense of awe and fully connected to everything. Um, transcendent sex. A lot of you guys 
have experienced this. Many of you haven't. I'm always surprised by how much this isn't experienced by lots of people where you're truly merging with another person in a, as spiritual energy in addition to the physical. And then some things that maybe aren't the easiest ways to journey unexpectedly, but we might have a near we might have a near-death experience or we might have a near accident or we might have a full-on spiritual awakening and even facing our own death is this way of journeying now these are the ways we journey just naturally as being human like these are natural things that are consistently happening for us all the time i call it unexpected journeying and then when you throw in this whole intentionality into the the mix you throw the intentionality in and suddenly you're you're able to fly all the way around the universe every single place you wanted to look and be and experience and you find that the world is a much bigger place than you ever imagined the, the inner world and the outer world. So we've got a caller. We're going to go with uh, Melissa calling from Kirkland. Melissa, welcome to the program. Hi. How are you? Hi. What, good. What can I help you out with today? Um, I'm curious why, um, I don't know how to phrase it. I've been thinking about how to phrase it. That people that are really close to me or people that I personally love very much that are in my family circle versus friend or acquaintance circle. Um, why there's such disconnect and no matter what I do to give them grace and try to move mm-hmm. through it both by myself and whatever they, so I just want to know what what you get because I I'm actually quite tired of it (laughs) yeah or it's actually um it's not even that you're tired of it it's like it's kind of heartbreaking is maybe the more true feeling it's like it should work um we're both or you know everyone is a fine person and yet what's what's the issue here um, I think there's two parts for you specifically. I think one part is it feels like there's still a lot of childhood trauma, not really, is this, and this is, are you talking kind of about, more, about one person is what I'm sensing or, or a couple people? Um, actually there's a couple people and yes, okay. I had childhood trauma. Yeah, so I think there's childhood trauma that, you know, when people get um, triangulated by, say, a parent or um, like a parent will pit siblings against each other, but maybe in a very insidious way, so it's not direct, so it's even more confusing. I feel like there's a lot of that that's that happened, and it happened at such a young age that maybe you and this, the other family members aren't even quite remembering what happened. Does that feel like something you're aware of? Well, these are, this is one is, is more, um, 
children, my own children, and the other is in-laws. Okay, okay. So it's, um, it's not my sibling. Well, gosh, you know, so, so, so like the family unit is one, is a big soul cluster. So it's interesting because sometimes the, the person to start with is not the person you're having problems with. It's somebody else around them. And it feels like starting with whoever you're related to, who's nearest the in-law situation, that could be one person. And then, um, with children, some of it is just, we're just looking at this. Some of it is just generational. Like children now are like, we were children who didn't agree with our parents and our children don't agree with us. And some of it is just the natural way of people making their way in different generations. So some of it is that. Some of it is that. Do you think that you are the, do you think that you are the mother that to your children that you would like to have for yourself? Today, yes. Mm -hmm. And in the past, were you also that, do you think? Uh, no, way too young, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so maybe this is part of this idea of like, um, things that happened created distrust or uncertainty in the past that really just haven't been worked through. And it's, it's like we were, we were all so lesser selves in the past. And so if we were raising children as part of our lesser selves, we did cause some damage just as we were damaged by our own parents. So Partly we can rectify, but partly it's just what happened. And so we just have to go forward. Okay. Well, so it's you, like, right on, you, you, you were absolutely, that's what I got in meditation was the, was that it was not me with the in-law, that it was actually the, the primary person that made me related to the in-law. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's that. yeah, and it's and that is so that on that situation, I think it's related to childhood stuff that hasn't been cleared. So so I would probably for you go into soul to soul healing with that person and work on the show me where the childhood stuff happened and just see what memories or what comes up. And for your own adult children. Part of it's just time, but I would directly ask them, like, how can I serve you or how can I support you? What do you need from me or what would you like from me? And kind of let go of your idea of what you think they want and let them tell you, like, I want you to give me money. No. <laughs> Well, I, I actually, yeah, I actually have done that. I actually mm -hmm. have done that. And then it's like two steps forward, 15 backwards. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, yeah. but this is a process. This is, a, these are, you know, lifelong karmic relationships. So even if you ask them once, they might not be able to answer for two years. 
but at least you're setting this piece of, I love you, I'm here for you, I know we've had difficulties, and I want to connect the relationship. And that's all you can do is hold that space and wait for them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The other last right. piece is, yeah, the other last piece is, instead of having heartbreak, have a feeling of, like you can't control the situation. You can only be sh present and show up to connecting and you can be the highest self you can muster at the moment, but you can let go of attachment of it's gonna be fixed. You can let go of, it's like you have to release them all and, and in releasing them and detaching from outcome on this, you can allow things to flow differently. And that's hard yeah. because of course we want to love everybody and we want to fix it, but spending some time universe, I don't know what to do. I put this in your hands. I, I just have no idea. And then go from there. Yeah. It's a big question, but it feels like things are, things are moving actually to me, Melissa, things, things are different than they were. So going with that. Well, th well, thank you for your beautiful wisdom. Have a oh. beautiful day. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for calling. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, family relationships. Uh, we get lifetimes with people because <laughs> we need a lifetime to get things sorted out. So um, do the best you can. Love people. Get out of your own head. Get out of your own ego and don't need it to be a certain way. Um, you know, don't need it to be a certain way. Just kind of love everybody as these souls that they are. Um, I wanted to welcome everybody. If you're interested in mystic stuff, we are the Mystic School. You'll find me at sarahwiseman.com. Go there and check out. We have so many amazing, very low-cost courses that you can take, like seven-day little immersions that you can just Try some of this stuff out for yourself. It's pretty fascinating work. And we also have a full certification training program for those of you guys who want to be um, psychic, uh, spiritual psychics, visionary psychics, uh, be in the reader training program and the sacred circle that we offer. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day. And I'll be back next week with more of the mystic school thanks for thanks for listening want more of the mystic school with sarah wiseman tune in for uplifting talk on psychic opening spiritual awakening and all things mystic and metaphysical want to connect with sarah visit sarahwiseman.com Have you always wanted to be psychic? Do you long to expand your gifts for personal or professional growth? Would you like to study directly with Sarah? Sign up now for The Mystic School, Sarah's certification program in spiritual intuition, where you'll learn with a supportive group of kindred souls just like you. Classes start every semester. Learn how you can become a student of The Mystic School at sarahwiseman.com.